You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Our proven and probable reserves are at 37 ounces silver equivalent per ton. And I don't know of any other mine uh, in the world, at least that I'm aware of, with a proven and probable reserve of that grade. And uh, the exploration potential of this property is quite significant as well for the future. And this mine is essentially fully built, uh, is fully permitted. Uh, there's a feasibility study completed uh, and it's uh, it's ready to go. Technically, there's nothing left to do with this mine but to put it into production. We, of course, are, are seeking funding to do that now. We're rather hopeful that we're going to be able able to find the funds uh, in and certainly in uh, you know within the next quarter is, is what we are targeting time to production from full funding is seven months welcome back to mining stock education thanks for tuning in ladies and gentlemen I'm Bill Powers your host and today I'm happy to bring to you a new sponsor and a silver junior miner that I think has great potential for 2020 I'm speaking of Arcana Corporation Arcana's website is A-U-R-C-A-N-A.com. That's Arcana.com. On the OTC, you can find the ticker as A-U-N-F-F. And on the Venture Exchange in Toronto, it trades under the symbol A-U-N. Arcana has the highest grade in terms of proven and probable reserves of silver in the world. And the company is aiming to bring this mine, the Revenue Virginius mine, into production this year. So if the silver price cooperates and the company successfully brings this mine into production, they'll get that re-rating on the life cycle of a mining share chart that we've all seen and studied. So it could be a good year for the company and hopefully for the shareholders of Arcana as well. Uh, With that being said, I would like to welcome the president and CEO, Kevin Drover, onto the show. I've met Kevin at the last two Beaver Creek Precious Metals uh, summits and been following the company and getting updates annually at that uh, summit, the Precious Metals Summit. So Kevin, it's your first time on Mining Stock Education. Welcome to the show. And could you please begin to give us an overview of this mine that I've referenced with the highest grade proven and probable silver reserves in the world? Well, thank you, Bill. Yes, th- this mine, it's uh, it's located in uh, Colorado, in the San Juan Mountains, uh, near the town of Ure. It's up at about 10,000 feet uh, in, in that range, and uh, it does have uh, extremely, very, very high grade, obviously. Our proven and probable reserves are uh, 21 million ounces at 37 ounces silver equivalent per ton. And I don't know of any other mine uh, in the world, at least that I'm aware of, with a proven and probable reserve of that grade. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the exploration potential of this property is, uh, is quite significant as well for the future. And you own this project 100% outright? We own the project 100%. We own this one. We also, and, and this mine is essentially fully built. Uh, is fully permitted. Uh, there's a feasibility study completed, uh, and it's uh, it's ready to go. Technically, 
really there's nothing left to do with this mine but to put it into production. And we, of course, are, are seeking funding to do that now. We also have a fully permitted, fully built mill in place, 1,500 ton a day mill uh, located at the Shafter Mine in Texas. And that's near the town of uh, Marfa, Texas. Uh, it's on, currently on care and maintenance, but uh, at some point in time, uh, we will need to uh, revisit uh, that one as well. It needs some additional technical work, and that's not our focus right now. Our primary focus is to get the Revenue Virginia's mine back into production as soon as possible. What are some of the highlights of the Revenue Virginia's mine, the feasibility study that you referenced? Well, the first, uh, uh, well, first, maybe I can just uh, uh, step back a second and, and just talk about the resources and reserves. We have a measured and indicated uh, resource of 30 million ounces at 30 ounces per ton, an inferred resource, of course, which you cannot include in your feasibility study, but it's uh, it's still an inferred resource of 13.2 million ounces at 40 ounces per ton. And of course, our proven and probable reserves are 21 million ounces at 37 ounces per ton. It's uh, at currently it's about a six and a half year mine life, an average production rate of 3.1 million ounces per year. Our all-in sustaining cost of production after byproduct credits is eight dollars an ounce. If you look at byproducts and convert them to silver equivalent, our all-in sustaining cost is ten dollars and seventy-one cents per ounce, which is one of the lowest cost silver producers uh, in the world by far. Our pre-production capital needs are $37 million. We've recently raised uh, approximately uh, uh, $7 million uh, in August and September. So our needs are somewhat less than that $37 million at the, on, on a go-forward basis. The NPV on this project at 5% using an $18.50 silver price, which is not far from where we are today, is $75 million and the IRR is 71%. Time to production from full funding is seven months. And of your total resource, uh, what percentage of that is actually silver? Probably the best way to look at that would be from a revenue perspective. And uh, silver generates 71% of the revenue. Gold will, will produce 8% of the revenue, uh, lead 15%, and zinc uh, 6%. There is some copper here, but it's uh, not a high enough uh, grade to, to make sense for us to uh, uh, start up our copper circuit. We do have a copper circuit in the mill, but uh, on some of the other veins that we have, we may look at, uh, at uh, producing a copper concentrate, but right now we won't do that. So you're in Colorado, you have your permit, so there's nothing on the environmental front or the permitting front that you have to worry about. The, the main hurdle here is just securing the funding in order to bring the mine into production. That's correct, yes. Uh, there's no, no permits uh, required whatsoever to go into production. Our, uh, you know, environmental, social, uh, and uh, government relations are excellent. Our guys down there have done a fantastic job uh, with our, uh, you know, environmental uh, folks in that area. And of course, it's, uh, you know, we're not far from Telluride, Colorado, and uh, you know, it's a primary ski area kind of thing. But uh, the guys on the ground down there have done a fantastic job. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, environmental groups to the site. We've had most of the senators. Uh, local county commissioners, mayor, and such uh, 
visit our site. We enjoy a good relationship with them. We, ran, we won the uh, Colorado Environmental uh, Stewardship uh, Award uh, last year, and uh, we, we continue to uh, pay a lot of attention to uh, you know, our health, safety, environmental, government, and community relations. The community has been extremely supportive of us uh, down there, and uh, so we, we continue to enjoy that, and, and we want to make sure that uh, that continues on into the future as we get up and running. Kevin, is there anything more of pertinence regarding your treasury and how you might obtain this money that you could share with investors? We're looking for a, uh, a debt facility at the moment. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been somewhat successful. Uh, we're, we're going down the road on a, on a couple of, uh, of uh, different routes uh, in, in terms of raising that. Uh, myself and uh, Gary Lindsay were recently uh, through Europe. And we, we have talked to a number of, uh, of entities that appear to be interested in uh, taking a, a, a deep look at, uh, at this operation here. So we're, we're rather hopeful that we're going to be able to find the funds uh, in, and certainly in, uh, you know, within the next quarter is, is what we are targeting. And uh, there will be a debt facility. We will do some more equity as well in the next uh, little bit here. And between those two, we, we think we'll, uh, we'll, need, we'll have sufficient funding to be able to fully restart uh, the project. What about expansion potential? Do you own the full strike length? And are there other veins that you could potentially target to increase your resources? There, there's significant uh, vein systems in this particular area. This is a, a very prolific area of the San San Juan Mountains. Over the course of the last century and a half, there's probably been thousands of mines in in this region here. We are currently the only uh, one with a mill that's fully permitted and uh, and you know ready to go into operation kind of thing. The Virginia's vein that we have is a uh, is rather prolific. It's the highest grade vein, relatively cleanest and easiest to mine. It's rather vertical. There was one area in uh, on the Virginia's vein, basically one claim that we didn't own that interrupted our our ownership of the Virginia's vein. Uh, we've recently acquired that vein and signed an agreement. Uh, the closing of that should be uh, relatively soon, within the next uh, month or, or thereabouts. Um, and that is contiguous to our um, uh, operation, where we're, we're, we're actually going to be first restarting the mining. We intend uh, this coming spring to do a drill program on that. Uh, this is one area up there that you can drill from surface, for the most part, there are no other areas that you can really drill from surface in this particular area. So we're, we're, we're pretty excited that we've uh, been able to acquire that claim and that we will start a drill program. We hope uh, the, the goal of this drill program will be to add another couple of years of mine life to the operation along with uh, the target uh, that we already have as we develop the underground uh, uh, mine up toward the Mahogmahila, which is the area where we'll be mining first. And typically with these underground mines in Colorado in the mountains, you kind of have that six to eight year runway, and then you kind of keep that six to eight year runway often, don't you, as you just drill and expand? That's absolutely correct. These narrow vein mines, I mean, they're narrow vein, but they're high, very high grade, of course, and almost impossible to drill from surface. And in order to drill them from underground, you actually have to do a significant amount of development in order to get yourself 
in a position where you can access the vein so you can point your drill in the right direction. And it, it's very, very costly. Not just this mine, but any narrow vein mine in the world. Uh, for instance, I used to work for Dome Mines in Timmins, uh, Canada. And uh, Dome Mines was a mine that ran for 120 years, and it had only about two years of reserves for those 120 years. So nobody spends that huge amount of money up front to put all of these reserves out in front of you when you know all you're going to do is, you know, you follow the vein. And we'll keep, right now we have six and a half years. We believe within the next year, year and a half, we'll have closer to 10 years. We'll add a couple of years from this bluegrass claim. We think we will convert some of our inferred that's underground. And if you look on page 17 of our presentation, you'll, you'll see there the green area that's outlined by uh, the red. Uh, we believe we'll convert that into measured and indicated within the next year. And that as well will add about two years of reserves. So we're looking at close to 10 years of uh, reserves by the time we, we really get into operation. And, and that's quite a long time in a narrow vein environment. If you're listening to this show in audio only form, I'm going to put a link to the presentation that Kevin just referenced in the show notes. So you can just click on that. In fact, if you're not driving, you can even click on that and listen as we continue this conversation. Kevin, uh, we've mentioned some of the unique fa uh, factors and highlights of the Revenue Virginia's mine, but are there any other market comparables that you could point out for the listeners? Yes, as a matter of fact, there are. And uh, again, if you were to go in our presentation um, to the uh, slide 20, page 20, probably the best one to look at is the comparable valuations of enterprise value to M&I resource silver equivalent ounces. And if you look there, you've got Exelon, you've got Great Panther, you've got Alexico and Endeavor and Orcana. And if you, you look at that, we're at 45 cents per silver enterprise value per silver equivalent ounce. You look at Endeavor, they're at $1.17. Alexico, which probably is more comparable to us, they're not operating at this stage of the game. I believe they're still waiting on one permit, and they're at a dollar thirty-four. I, I think what this chart tells you is that you can buy uh, you can buy a dollar stock here for about thirty cents as a day. Are there any other monetization uh, opportunities within the company? Assets that you could sell to self-fund? Yes, uh, there there are, and we have some options in that regard. Uh, as I said at the outset, uh, the Shafter project is uh, is certainly not core to us. You know, we've uh, we've had some um, offers to purchase. We've had some offers to purchase just the uh, the milling facility itself. The mill is is designed for fifteen hundred tons a day. We see Shafter more as a five six hundred ton a day operation in the future. So the mill is probably uh, not the right mill to start with, and uh, I certainly believe we could. Uh, we could monetize the mill. We, we may or may not do that, but uh, it is one of our options that we do have here. And Kevin, as we kind of wrap it up here, could you share a little bit about your background and what makes you qualified to advance this project? My background, uh, I've been doing this for, well, I don't know, close to 45 years, I guess, uh, at this stage. Um, I've worked in most places around the world, my background is in operations. I work with Kinross as vice president of operations for Kinross, ran six of their mines in the Northern Hemisphere around the world for a number of years, spent a lot of time in Russia, but built mines, restarted mines in countries like uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Peru, Russia, 
United States, Canada, and uh, been doing this a very long time. And I guess if there's one claim to fame from from my perspective is that what, I, what I've typically done most of my life has gone into operations. Uh, I've restarted them and, uh, you know, get the production going, get the cost down. And uh, those things are, are the focus that we have here is we'll get ourselves funded. We will get this thing restarted. We will control our costs. We don't have any control over uh, the price of the metal that we sell. We, what we do have control over is uh, how we operate and how we spend our money. And we're going to spend it very, very wisely uh, going forward. Company again is Arcana Corporation. Website is arcana.com. That's A-U-R-C-A-N-A. On the TSXV, you can find it under the ticker AUN, and on the OTC for United States investors, it's under the ticker AUNFF. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on Mining Stock Education and giving us this overview. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.